<sighs> How's you your ready? breakfast burrito? It was so good. What did you? I've been meaning to get a breakfast burrito from this place. There's this taco truck that's like just down the hill from me that I've been meaning to go to for a while. But last time I went there, they were out of eggs, and so they couldn't make a breakfast burrito. You know, I know you and I have talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it like on mic. About burritos? Yeah, 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 yeah. I am in like a place, physically and and, and spiritually, uh, (laughs) where I am so viscerally jealous of you right now. (laughs) You are in a country that does not know that Mexico is a place and that you can get food from there? Well, here's the the thing. Yes, exactly. Mexican food in England is, is, is... it exists. You can go to a restaurant that is like a Mexican like takeaway place, right? Sure, uh, uh, like salsa sabor or something. But these places also happen to serve pizza, burgers, uh, no. uh, various soups, right? No. And it's just like and burritos, and it's basically just the same meat as the other things, just in a different wrapping. That's wrong. It's wrong. That's it's bad. It's not. It's not good, and I. Of the many things I miss about Portland, like, Mexican food is a number one. Lauren's here to say something. About Mexican food. Uh, One of my friends who also went to Durham is from Mexico. And um, they, somebody asked him, like, oh, don't you miss the food? And he, like, he got a little misty-eyed. And he was like, I can't talk about it. (laughs) Breaks my heart. I'm sure it does. Well, we're both from California, so, you know, if we go to a Mexican place and the guy taking your order doesn't speak only, like, kind of broken English, it's, like, not going to be good food. Yeah, if I can, if I can, <laughs> if I can have a full conversation in English with the person I'm ordering food from, I do not trust it. You need actual Mexican people making their grandma's recipe. Right, exactly, exactly. Or whatever. If you if you if you want to have a conversation with this person, you have to do it in at least at least fifty percent Spanish. Anyway, anyway, I had I'm jealous of your a burrito. giant burrito, and hopefully that'll stop my stomach from growling this whole time, as it tends to do while we're recording. Sorry, Lauren's bringing up Panadria de Santa Cruz, the the number one underrated spot in St. John's, uh, which you've been to, I think. I think I took you there once. Probably. It was by by our old apartment in St. John's, but... Uh, Is that the one down the street from the Burgerville? Yes, the one where you literally have to walk through a, a, a Mexican market where from the outside it looks like all they sell is used uh, uh, pinatas. Maybe. I think like, I've been like there. Not, not like used, used, but like, yeah. you know, mildly loved pinatas. <laughs> Previously Slightly <owned>. damaged. <laughs> right. <laughs> Great mileage, though. <laughs> Good mileage. Very sturdy. Um, but we're not else? here to talk about delicious Mexican food because we have three episodes to get to today, Tyler. Hot damn. Jimmy, let's make a podcast about Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> let's make a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. How about...
It's time to p- 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 podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we're talking about three episodes from season two. That's episodes 16 through 18, Mime Control. Parts one, two, and three. Parts one, two, and three. Oh, I thought that went without saying, but sure. Yeah. Mime Control part one, comma, Mind Control part two, comma, Mind Control part three. Uh, we are trying so a new you thought thing. our if you thought our regular episodes were long, oh boy, just wait until we do like six hours of worth of podcasting. And here's here's the exact like mental uh, like gymnastics I did on this, right? When, when I first brought this idea up, I was looking at like, ah, man, okay, we got a three-parter coming up. You know what? There's a lot of multi-parters in this season. Let's just try doing a full arc, right? Let's do all three parts in one episode. One actual concrete story nubbin. Right, 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 right. And I'm thinking that'll be so nice, so like consistent, so coherent. We get the whole thing in one go. And then this morning, I'm looking at it, and I realize it takes us like two plus hours to talk about 20 minutes of television. What the fuck was I thinking? What were you thinking, Tyler? <laughs> just taking notes for these was just like a marathon. I felt an, an emotion that I can't put into words, but that I haven't experienced since college, working <laughs> on like an essay. Now, we, we kind of switched roles a little bit, actually, in regards to note-taking, because typically what happens is we have like a single column of notes, right? Uh, and I'll typically watch the episode first, because that's just where we are time zone-wise. And so I'll write out, like, okay, like, turn by turn for the duels and, like, scene by scene. And then you'll come in later and sort of just add commentary here and there. But this time, you watched the episodes first because I'm a lazy piece of shit. Uh, and you went all out. Like, this is... Oh, I'm glad you like my notes. This is basically a transcript of all the episodes that we watched. Uh, so then I went in and I just added my dumb bullshit. <laughs> And I think, Jimmy, I think, I think maybe the ideal here is we'll see how this goes. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but maybe the ideal here is that we both come into this and just write our random bullshit. And that's the entirety of the notes. So then, then we can talk about like five episodes in, you know, 40 yeah. minutes. See, I like that idea. But also, we're not going to be able to remember anything that happens during the episode. Just our reactions to it. That is true. That's very true. <laughs> We're like, what's going on in this scene? All I have in my notes is how Bakura is a dick. I, we may get to a point, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but there are there are rewatch podcasts out there that uh, they will actually play the episode while recording, so they'll have it like on mute or something with closed captioning. And so that way they'll have it up and comment it on it. Like, they'll, they'll have watched it previously, but they'll comment on it in real time. So you're suggesting that we do, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh! Rift Tracks, a live commentary for our listeners to play side by side with the actual episode. I mean, I've been trying to figure out if we want to do something for a Christmas episode. That could be possible. That could, that could I be think. Po- we can make that, that happen. Work. We can make that happen, I think. We'll talk about it off mic. Okay. Uh, did you have anything that you wanted to bring up before we talk about this GD episode? Pardon uh, no. This GD trio of episodes. <laughs> the trinity, if you will. 
the unholy trinity. The unholy trinity. Um, That's I one w- episode for each god card. Oh, is that why they did it? Whoa! Holy no, oh, only one god card appears in these episodes. So there is only one god card. Um, I wanted to bring up at the start of the episode. I keep meaning to do this at the top of the episode, and I always remember at the end. Uh, a thing that we talk about a lot is uh, donating to charities. I think that's the thing that's really important that we can do with our dollars, voting with our dollars, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We are in an amazing time in the world presently. The impeachment hearings started uh, today as we record this. Uh, and I am so, so incredibly stoked to think about a world in which we no longer have uh, Donald Trump as the American president. I'm also very stoked to live in a world where we no longer have Boris Johnson as the prime minister, but that's a different country's politics. <laughs> yeah, you're getting the that worst I still don't in understand both worlds. I have two countries to complain about now. It's wonderful. Um, we are in a time where truly, 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 like the dollars that you spend can make a difference. So if you're so inclined, please go donate to places that can use the money. Trans Lifeline needs a lot of money right now. I think they're also trying to hire a couple of people for like outreach and stuff. So go look at their website for sure, uh, especially if you work in the nonprofit sector. Uh, go donate to the Yellowhammer Fund, Patriotic Cancer Action Network, and go fucking like vote. I know election just passed for a bunch of states, but I think it's still coming up for Oregon, right? Uh, it already happened. Already happened. Okay. If you didn't go vote, November fifth. Go go, go go do. Go get involved. Believe me, I work in local government television. I know when it's voting time. <laughs> That's right. I always forget that. Uh, so I just wanted to bring that up at the start. Like, you know, we we, we do a lot of goofs on this show, uh, and I really appreciate people listening to them. Uh, and I don't know how long this episode is going to go. So I wanted to get that out of the way up top uh, so that if nothing else, people remember to go uh, and support the things that they believe in. Now we can talk about Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh boy, my favorite part. <laughs> it's time to discuss the episode. All three episodes. All three episodes. Uh, episodes 16, 17, and 18, Mime Control Parts 1, 2, and 3. Uh, Jimmy, as we get started here, I want to ask you a very important question. When you sat down to watch three episodes or maybe you watch them standing i don't know how did you prepare yourself like mentally physically spiritually prepare yourself for a full 60 minutes of Yu-Gi-Oh. tyler i did not i it's like jumping into a lake in the mountains you just got to go in all at once and hopefully by the time you're gasping for air you'll have acclimatized to it okay Right. I did nothing to prepare for these other, other than wake up and think, I'm going to do those episodes today. I hope it doesn't take me a bunch of hours. How it long did. did it take you? Just a couple of hours. Okay. Just me getting distracted by other stuff when I was supposed to be taking notes. Right. That, okay. That makes me feel a little better. Because that's I, I ask because I realized <laughs> I tried watching it on my lunch break today. And I, I started and I was like, oh, I should go get some food. So I got like halfway through the recap. I stopped and I went in the microwave with some food and I came back and I started I'm like oh I should go get some more water so I stopped got some more water came back oh, I kind of want another snack oh, I come back and it's been like 30 minutes at this point and I've watched two minutes of Yu-Gi-Oh and I finally had to buckle in and be like all right 
I'm going to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Or I'm going to be really late getting back to work. <laughs> yeah, it's like doing homework. There was yeah. a, a period where I just straight up left and went and uh, cooked some corn dogs and brought them back. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just jumped in. So you let's take jump in. Sometimes. All right, let's jump in. Uh, you started in your notes with a recap. Do you want to cover the recap real quick? My recap really boils down to, holy shit, the show remembered Bakura exists. Yeah. I, I Have we not seen him since season one? That's what I was I trying like to think of. it's been a long time. It's been a, a hot minute. I think we saw Bakura at... You know what? We saw Bakura either episode one or two of this season because... Oh, it was revealed that he's still bad. He's still bad, and it was when... Uh, oh, that Yugi... Bakura. What's that? Oh, that Bakura. He's that, still bad. That bad Kura. Uh, it was when um, Yugi or Taya or somebody was chasing after Mind Control Bandit Keith. Mm. Oh, that's right. Down the alleyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he, he like, was just switched kind around of all there. the arrows. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about this stupid, stupid arrows. Dear God. Anyway, um, the recap boils down to, hey, I know we've had a lot of fun showing Joey playing at card games and winning for a couple episodes, but remember, the fate of the world is at stake? Taya does, because she's the only one who mentions it. Yeah, I... I feel like I feel like the recap kind of the recap and the first little bit of the episode really distills that like really what we're watching are three very different television shows happening simultaneously. We have the show that like Yugi and Taya are in where the fate of the world is at stake and like everything's very serious. We have the movie that Joey and Grandpa are in where like it's all about dueling and trying your best and just being being passionate and believing in the heart of the cards. Yeah. And then we have the movie that Tristan is in and it's all about trying to get with your best friend's sister. <laughs> yeah. Joey uh no, Taya and Yugi are basically in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Um Joey is in his own Beyblade world. And then Ooh, Tristan yes, is like in that. some like romantic comedy anime. Yeah, Tristan's in like. Uh, now I'm now I'm trying to remember my my animes. I don't watch a lot of romance anime. Like, Uron Host Club is that one? Am I remembering that correctly? Fruits I don't Basket. Remember. Fruits ba- Tristan's in Fruits Basket. He is a member of the uh, friggin' what's it called in the season zero, the Beautification Club. Yes, I feel like there's some a wealth of humor that we could draw from that, and that season zero does draw from that. Except in season zero, he's trying to get with um, Miho Chan. Miho Chan, <laughs> I miss Miho Chan. Miho Chan would be a welcome addition to the season. Yeah, she would be a great, just kind of light addition, just to bring her. Third person, self-absorbed self. Brings some lightheartedness. And we need more blue hair, I think. I missed the blue hair. Yeah, there's a disappointing lack of, like, crazy anime hair. I think Yugi just kind of draws in all the anime hair and focuses it on his own head. There's (laughs) not enough hair to go around. Yeah. There's a finite amount of magical hair energy in the world. (laughs) That's the real Pharaoh's power. I did want to point out every time my favorite shot of the whole intro of season two is the cultists in their full cult robes, but they've got their friggin' dual discs sticking out 
it's a it's a definite look and then like in one hand they've got these glowing cards mm-hmm. it's God, uh, it's so dumb i love it i like i want to i i want to be a fly on the wall for like that one day of cult school where like they go from the chanting to getting their dual discs and it's these dudes who've spent like easily a hundred years right perfecting their dark arts or whatever and then they get handed this piece of plastic and they're like i have to put cards in this what the fuck <laughs> all right all right okay this is a brand this is a brand new edition from toys r us <laughs> it the, lights uh, up when you press this button and the uh the the dark lord wants us to wear these yes the dark lord wants the, us to wear these the 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 My dark child. lord <laughs> The Dark Lord wants us to wear a, a children's toy. Yes, I don't, don't ask questions. Grow up. I don't want to go to school. <laughs> I just want to be a Toys R Us kid. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, you so mentioned the translated title. Yeah. So episode one has a really interesting translated title from the Japanese, uh, and it, it 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 shows okay, yeah, like a funny like Japanese mistranslation, whatever. Um, so the translated from Japanese title is Malik's opening play, The God Combo. The and God Combo it's, is it's what me. they serve at Quiznos in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I get a God Toasty. Combo? <laughs> uh, notice it's it's Malik and not Merrick because the whole LR thing. We can say Merrick's opening play, The God Combo. <laughs> the number three. <laughs> Uh, comes with <laughs> chips and a small soda. The uh, the summary of this episode. No, it's a god combo. It comes with a large soda. <laughs> it comes with a large soda by default. <laughs> no, no, no. You know what it is? It's a large soda for the price of a small soda. Whoa! And one free refill. Uh, the summary of this episode says. Yugi is challenged by Strings, Merrick's mind slave, who has a strong monster in his deck. Merrick's summoning of the great beast seems assured when he calls forth Revival Jam. That description just kind of goes off the rails there at the end, but uh, the description we'll get feels, to that in time. The description feels like it was written by a robot, right? Yeah. Like it was fed a few character names, sure, 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 fine, 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 and then just a bunch of nouns. This is an AI-generated title. Right. Uh, so it starts. <laughs> it starts with... Joey and uh, Grandpa and Taya walking around, right? Hot off the... And, and Tristan. Hot off the heels of, of Joey's big win against Weevil. Tyler, sorry yeah. to derail it already. But Please. I've showed you Talk to Transformer before, right? Yeah, yeah, you have. Talk to Transformer, yeah. the circa 2011 uh, uh, promo that you were so into when the Transformer movie came out? No. Tra- talk to transformer uh, dot com is uh-huh. a neural network that takes any snippet of text that you give it and extrapolates from there. Okay. Oh, uh, I I thought I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about transformer talks. And um, do you remember the Shia LaBeouf uh, uh, cinematic masterpiece Transformers? How could I forget? Uh, when that movie. How came could I forget out, my personal hero Sam Witwicky? Transformers came out, uh, what, 2009? Uh, something like that. I'm going to look that up right now because that's totally something that's a good use of our time. Uh, yeah, uh, 2007, pardon me. 
So when Transformers Revenge of the Fallen came out in 2009, there was a service by which you could send a message to uh, uh, something and give them a phone number. And that phone number, whatever you gave them, would get a phone call, and it would be Optimus Prime reading whatever text you gave them. I so you don't send remember people, this. You could send people Optimus Prime birthday wishes, so on and so forth. And I very definitely thought you were about to put the summary of this episode into a Optimus Prime uh, vocoder. Uh, no. You were telling me, no, this is a neural network. This is an actual robot that I am feeding the intro, uh, the summary of the show, this episode, to this. Oh, and let's see what happens. Uh, when I when it extrapolates from that, Ooh, boy. Yugi is challenged by Strings, Merrick's mind slave, who has a strong monster in his deck. Merrick's summoning of the great beast seems assured when he calls forth Revival Jam. Here's where That's the AI original. takes over. Okay, this is a big monster that costs four UU, and it will take a while for anyone to find a way to beat it. Yugi's only response is to use the last few cards in his hand to search his deck for an XYZ monster. He uses his first XYZ monster, Rank Up Magic Numeron, the Draco Slayer, to bring out Ojama Trio, Blackwing Bora the Spear, and Masked Hero Darklaw. The trio is a perfect combo with his Ojama Trio and Ojama Trio to put a big tribute monster on the field. When a monster is tributed to summon Ojama Trio, it... And then it just ends. It did not get all of that from the one sentence that you fed it. No, it has, I don't know what all its sources is, but it has a vast variety of things that it draws on. Because you can put stuff like about Batman in here, and it will spit out like Batman fanfic at you. Okay, this is what we need to start using for Yugi or not. Right? (laughs) Yeah, we can try it sometime. But anyway, that's... Anyway. Back to the episode. We're avoiding the subject. Let's talk about anime. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, what's what's the what's the oh the uh, the thing that I wanted to point out here? So, like, they're walking around. You pointed out uh, in, in your notes about there's somebody in a, a trench coat following them. Yeah, I didn't catch this at all because I was too busy focused on the subtitles in this in this scene. <laughs> I think the they subtitles were very good. They hired somebody new, I think, to do the subtitles for this episode because Joey's subtitles are full New York all of a sudden. They they start spelling things phonetically. There's a term for that where it's they they spell things phonetically, and it's like in the Redwall series, you know how all the different animals have different accents and yeah, it's super yeah, noticeable yeah. in the text. Joey uh-huh. has gone ultra New York. What is what is that called? Is it just phonetic spelling? I know there's like a specific term for it, but I have no idea what it is. Well, somebody anyway. listening will know. Anyway, so, so, Joey it's, so it's got things like "danks to weevil." I'm only two located cards away from <laughs> the finals, and that's how it's spelled. It's "danks," D-A-N-K-S, and then "ta," T-A, weevil. <laughs> it's just so New York; it hurts. It's uh yeah, it was distracting. So who what so what ha- who following them? What? Yeah, they're Joey and everyone else are just kind of walking around. Everyone is telling Joey that how great he is at dueling now, and Joey is just like, "Man, I just wish my main body Yogi saw me." Uh and some creep in a trench coat, another cultist is following them around. 
Um, and you can tell he's brainwashed because he has a glowing eye on his forehead. Yeah, kind of a dead giveaway on that one. Uh, and then we cut away to freaking Merrick, who is approaching Battle City on a yacht. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Take a look at me now. He is on a boat, and the entire time he's out on the very, I guess it's the bowsprit? The front of the boat. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, he's king of the worlding it. He's king of the worlding his own yacht, just by himself, <laughs> and monologuing to himself about uh, how the power will soon be his, how he's going to take Battle City and make it his own, how he's going to take the power of the Pharaoh, etc., etc. You know, villain stuff. Jimmy, I swear to you right now in this moment that if I ever own a yacht, this is exactly what I will do with it. <laughs> Stand on the front and talk to yourself. <laughs> about how the power will soon be mine, yes. If you yeah. own a yacht and you are not doing this, you should not be allowed to own that yacht. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what your notes here is. I think it's more Joey stuff. Oh, yeah, you're, you're oh, bleeding yeah. into my notes here a little bit. Uh, so, okay, so the, the action in this scene, to me, is unimportant. What is important to me is, A, okay, the subtitles. B, there's the thing, so uh, the way that Battle City works, like when you win a duel, you get the other duelist's most rare card, right? And that's all well and good. Like, you get a bunch of rare cards. Sure, 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 fine. But Joey gets Weevil's Insect Queen, and there's a shot of him, like, fondling it, and he's, like, so stoked to get Insect Queen. But Insect Queen is going to do fuck all in his deck. Yeah, that's a very specific bug-type card that needs other bug-type cards to work properly. Right, it's useless without other bug-type cards, of which he has... Well, I, I guess he has Parasite now. Parasite, Parasite. Right? Because that's still yeah. in his deck after it was put there illegally. <laughs> so uh, maybe it will be useful. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> like, Probably not. That's such the, a specific card that requires other bug-type cards to work. It's like, cool, at the end, you get a whole bunch of cards that basically decapitate everyone else's deck, but now your deck is going to have all these basically useless cards in them. Exactly. And the thing about, like, here's, here's the big difference between Joey and Yugi at this point, right? At, at certain parts of the show, both of them have talked about the importance of uh, putting intention into building your deck, right? They've both been like, okay, heart of the cards. It's got to be like my deal. I got to put effort into it. There, I know every card in my deck, all these things. And both of them have ignored that. And there's just been random shit in their deck at any given moment. But Yugi draws new cards that appear as if from nowhere that are helpful to him. And Joey avoids drawing all the shit that's in his deck that we know is not going to be useful to him. <laughs> Magic. Magic. Heart of the cards. The cards are just like, you don't need this one. Right. This is, they have, why did they you have give me this? This is Equal trash. and opposite superpowers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, that's yeah. the last we'll see Joey and company for a while. It um, is. There's, there's one line I want to point out, though, just real quick, though. Just, again, like, Joey, for whatever reason, Joey is really boring in Joey-centric episodes. But this episode, he had a couple of really good lines. One of which is... They condensed Joey. Yes, we need condensed Joey, a focused, Joey concentrate. Yes, exactly. Joey from Concentrate. Uh, he has a line here where they're talking about, like, ah, oh, man, like, Weevil and then the cultist and whatever. Uh, and 
And Joey goes, how do I keep running into all these creeps? And then Grandpa laughs nervously for like five minutes. Just like (laughs) desperately hoping that by creeps, Joey doesn't mean him. This very old man hanging around with some teenagers. This person, who, 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 his legal name may as well be Grandpa, suddenly realizes how strange his situation is. The guy who both in the manga and the original anime is just a huge pervert about yep. teenage girls. Anyway. And just, he's just like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Creeps, uh, weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> weird. Moving uh, on. Anyway, moving um, on. Go ahead. The, the, a crowd is gathered around the creepy mime that we've seen before in passing in last episode. And yes. there's just this weird shot of all these people standing around in awe of this guy doing his mime shtick. Uh, and the, they're like, this dude hasn't moved in three hours. Duh, he's a mime genius. Brilliant. And then some girl chimes in, I don't get it, guys. Is he pretending to be a statue or something? Because apparently this is their first time in, like, a city. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I guess, I guess maybe if he'd been like spray painted silver or something, he would have fit in in like downtown Seattle or whatever. Uh, yeah. But it is kind of strange to see this hot topic mannequin just standing on a uh, on a on a park bench. Yeah, we sh- before we get any further, we should probably like describe more what he looks like. I yeah. like your hot topic mannequin. He kind of looks like a human. He looks like. A human version of Mickey from Kingdom Hearts, if he then went to Hot Topic. Holy shit, that's specific. Well, uh, he's got the the bright red pants, uh-huh. and then he has, like, enormous, like, cartoonishly big shoes. Right. That are, like, cartoon shoes. Yeah, no, you are a thousand percent correct. I was going to say that he looks like... Um, well, for folks of a certain age, uh, uh, that, that age being 25 to, you know, 35, uh, you spend a lot of your childhood at the mall, maybe. Uh, uh, this person looks like that one guy that, like, worked part-time at a Claire's and then spent all his money at that part-time job at the Hot Topic. <laughs> like, piercings, um, you know, multiple, like, ear, nose, mouth, eye, yeah, whatever Yeah, dude's piercings. got a shit ton of piercings. Tons of eyeliner. Um, completely bald. Completely bald. Kind of pointy ears? A little bit, yeah. But then you're, yeah, the, your description is actually eerily accurate. From the waist down, might as well be Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you know what I so- mean, ladies. <laughs> What? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, anyway, he's standing perfectly still, but I guess it's not because he's a mime. It's just because he's mind-controlled and uh, yeah. can't move. Uh, he's anyway, in standby mode. Yeah, he's in standby mode. He, this is, he doesn't have an idle animation. He might as well just be T-posing. Right. Uh, and suddenly his forehead glows with the eye. And Merrick says, Awaken my mind, slave. And then this guy just pulls out a dual disc out of nowhere and just fucking books it out of the park in the yeah, general like, direction of Yugi. Full-on Manchurian candidate activation. Uh, jumps over a person on the way to do it. Yeah, he's the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, it's... Um, 
I mean, of the creepy shit that we've seen in the show, this is maybe the creepiest to me of just this person suddenly being like, oh, yep, ninja time. Okay. <laughs> and he just goes. And he just goes. He just goes for it. Uh, at one point, one of the, the people in the crowd uh, uh, huddling around him goes, uh, hello, Earth to mime, dude. <laughs> Which, Which is, really, you know. You know, nothing says 2002 like that sentence. Also, he's a mime, so he's not going to respond. He's literally doing mime things. Right. The whole point what? of being a mime is that you don't talk, so I'm not and sure what okay. this guy had as an ideal outcome of this situation. The, the other thing that I, I wish we had more time to explore here is how, why do people assume that he is a mime? Is it because he hasn't said anything? Because, like, I don't talk to many people. Uh, in person, I'm not a mime. Uh, well, he's doing the mime thing with his hands out. This kind whole time, barely, but not barely. like, but not like, help! I'm trapped in an invisible box, kind of thing. It's just like my hands are out. Yeah, human like, statue. Very still jazz hands. Very subtle. <laughs> you know, like if you see a person Smooth standing jazz hands. Si- silently standing still in the middle of a park, do you automatically assume that that person is a mime, regardless of how they look? I mean, this guy looks kind of mimey, you have to say. I guess. He's wearing that long sleeve black shirt. That's true. Disregarding, That's true. like, everything, all the, the stuff going on below this person's waist. <laughs> right. Disregard the Mickey Mouse <laughs> element. Uh, okay, it's not important. Uh, so, uh, uh, Yugi and uh, Yami is who we cut to. And they're like hanging out at a at a canal. Um, yeah, one of those. It's like that classic sloped Japanese canal where there's that there's a canal running through the middle, and then very very wide like park uh, plaza sidewalks on either side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then those sloping sides, and it just stretches on in both directions. It's like the climax of Terminator Two, but nice. Yeah. Uh, so they're talking and. Uh, Yugi <laughs> Yugi is like sort of making fun of Merrick for having this plan. Of... The mime was sent back in time to kill Yugi. <laughs> oh god, that's why, that's why he activated. Yeah. He 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 we, he he was outside a hot topic and barged into the hot topic and said uh I need your clothes and your piercings. <laughs> he doesn't speak much this episode. But there that's is a motorcycle voice. in this episode, so there is a motorcycle. Well, the yeah. last episode. There's a Vespa. Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah, so, I guess it is in the third episode. Anyway, so Yugi's making fun of Merrick's idea that like Merrick thinks that he deserves the Pharaoh's power more than Yami, and he kind of goes on about it, and he's like, all but laughing at Merrick, and be like, "How could anyone deserve your fa- your Pharaoh power? You're the Pharaoh." Yeah, <laughs> you you have the divine right of kings. How dare this <laughs> how dare this usurper steal your throne? <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, of the two people who are kind of vying for the pharaoh power here, uh one of them hasn't been asleep for 5000 years. Yeah, one yeah. actually knows like what he's doing. One's been putting in the work a little bit. The other one woke up like 5 minutes ago in a child's body and it's like, yeah. I'm going to play card games now. One is uh, is soul bound to a, a, a six year old, <laughs> but he's, he's thirteen. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. um, uh, 
so they're they're you know talking and and Yugi goes, uh, well, hang on, if you have all this power, like, how do you not? How are we not aware of of what the power is? <laughs> yeah, and Yami's just like, I don't know anything. Fuck if I know. <laughs> <laughs> and Yugi just goes, okay, <laughs> cool, good answer. Suddenly, the mime just freaking appears out of nowhere, and Assassin's Creed jumps off of this overpass that they're near and yeah, lands Yami's- next to Yugi. Yami's spider sense goes off and he goes, darkness is near and fucks off. He disappears. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, ne- next to Yugi in spirit, like transparent. And then he just goes, and he's gone. So it's Back just into the Yugi puzzle, like a turtle fucking... into his shell. <laughs> oh, he can't get me in here. <laughs> and, and, and fucking, uh, um, uh, what's his name from Assassin's Creed? Ezio? Ezio, fucking Ezio, goth Ezio, drops down, <laughs> ready to strike with his hidden dual disc. Bene. Tomatoes, oh. tomatoes, tomatoes. That would be an amazing show. What a fucking hidden blade dual disc. It just shoots out and you got your whole deck right there. Yeah, Assassin's Creed meets Yu-Gi-Oh. They're in uh, Venice in what, the 16th century, 17th century? Uh, and instead of instead of hidden blades, they have dual discs. Pegasus is there and looks exactly the same. Right. He's just a Templar. He's just a Templar, yeah. Man, we could talk about this for ages, but we really need to get really beyond shouldn't. the I'm first so like ten minutes of this episode. Okay, okay, keep going, keep going. Uh, so uh, Strings, as we come to find out, lands next to them, and Merrick, this whole time, is still on his yacht. I want to make this abundantly clear. This entire three-part series, Merrick is still just on his yacht monologuing, talking, using his mind control powers to talk through strings like he's on speakerphone. Yes. Yep. So he shows up, and he's talking through strings, and he's like, Hey, Yugi and Yami, meet strings, my mind slave. This is a direct, direct quote. Why should I waste my time... When I can duel you through my mind puppets. Which, like, okay, I have two things to say in response to that. One, this is, like, the biggest fuck you to Kaiba. Like, if only Kaiba knew that this was happening, right? Because Kaiba spends all this money on fancy shit. In the movie, he's got blue eyes, white jet. He's got helicopters. He's got mission control. He's got a satellite system. This motherfucker is like, yeah, I'm on a yacht. Um, I'm just going to mind control people to do my shit for me. Merrick is in the Caribbean up. the whole time. Yeah, he's exactly. just on his yacht. He's got his Dunna Shades on. He's got a martini in one hand. And then he's just like, Bwow, and is instantly like across the planet talking Meanwhile, through this dude. Kaiba is still hoofing it with his little brother across Battle City like a plebe when he could be in the Caribbean this whole time. Yeah. Anyway, second thing is, Merrick explicitly says, I don't want to waste my time, so I have other people duel for me. But they're people that he is actively mind controlling. So doesn't it take the same amount of time anyway? Yeah, it, he didn't brainwash this guy. He's not like, Strings is not like a talented duelist that who he got brainwashed into doing Merrick's bidding. He is literally one-to-one being controlled by Merrick the entire time. So Merrick is still wasting his entire time. Strings Dibbling is like him. a is like a is like a marionette. Yes. Uh, hence the name. Hence the I get it now. Wait, did I you just it. get that? I hear it. I hear it now. <laughs> no. 
I've understood the whole time. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know why. Yeah, he's just yeah. mind-controlling randos the whole time instead of, you know, hiring people to do it since he apparently has, like, enough money for a yacht. Right. Um, but Merrick, Yugi is like, hey, that's not fair. And Merrick's like, you can't accuse me of cheating when you have that pharaoh helping you all the time. And yeah, Yami like, uh, immediately takes over Yugi's body and says, hey, that's not true. I choose to be here instead of mind-controlling Yugi. The power is not yours to take. And Yugi says, you tell him. No, this is a, a weird part right here. It's so weird. Yugi says, you tell him. No way is he getting his hands on your power. And then Yami says, I just did. And Yugi's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like, Merrick accuses Yam, uh, Yugi of cheating because Yami is helping him. And then Yami takes over Yugi's body and goes, no, I'm not helping him at all. I just take over his body sometimes. And then Yugi appears to only Yami and says, as if he did not hear anything that just happened and says, yeah, you tell him. And Yugi, Yami's like, yeah, that's what I just said, bro. This, Yugi is being Yami's hype man. <laughs> But only to Yami. But I don't only think, to Yami. I don't think Merrick heard any part of that conversation. No, he's a spirit. They just switched minds. Oh, God, also, it's, so it's good. funny to me that it's cheating when Merrick mind controls someone, but it's not cheating that this ancient uh, like god pharaoh takes over this child's body to help him win card games because yeah, he chooses it, to be there. It's not, it's not cheating when he pulls a big situation at will. Yeah. It's like you go into chess club or whatever, and you're like, oh, it's not cheating. This chess grandmaster who's here is, he wants to be here to help me. I am voluntarily possessed by the spirit of Bobby Fischer. It's not cheating. <laughs> and then the He comes the judges, and goes as he pleases. He can leave any time. <laughs> the judges are like, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. There's nothing in the rules saying a spirit can't play basketball. <laughs> Space Jam, but with ancient Egyptian spirits. <laughs> Come on and slam! Uh, we have a we have a brief cutaway that I, I'm just going to completely skip over. We have a cutaway to Ishtar, right? Uh, Ishizu Ishtar. Uh, I realize I keep calling her by I guess her last name, but that's also Merrick's last name, so it's going to get confusing. So Ishizu uh, is uh, in the museum uh, talking about old stuff, and she she does Monologuing. that thing. Where she, yeah, she does a thing where she uses her Millennium necklace? Torque. I forget what exactly Millennium item she has. Band. But it Not literally doesn't ring. matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, she uses the thing that lets her see into the future. This is such a brief goes, scene, and then we don't see either of these people for, like, the rest of the episodes. Right. She goes, something, 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 my brother must fail. End of sentence. As if she's predicting the future. So, spoiler alert. Yeah. In order for my brother to be okay, he needs to fail in his attempt to take over the world and shit. Uh, and suddenly she's like, oh, spider sense is tingling. Millennium sense. Uh, there's an evil spirit here. And it's bad Kura. Uh, he's here. He's outside the museum. Um, I did want to point out his clothes are ridiculous. He, the bottom of his shirt is just like sticking straight out like a peacock tail. Merrick? No, not Merrick, sorry, Bakura. Bakura dresses more like a mime than Strings does. He does. He has the stripey shirt. It's the striped shirt. It's the pale face. It's the whole getup. 
but his Millennium Ring is leading him to the museum where there is an object of incredible Millennium power, etc., etc., etc. He follows it, he follows it, he follows it. He's it like away. cold, warmer, hot, 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 warm, hot. Um, so he shows up at the museum, um, and he just like wanders into the basement of the museum, and uh, he looks at the ancient tablets, and he's like, "Oh, the ancient tablets! It's been a while since I've seen these ancient scriptures or whatever." Uh, he starts monologuing to himself about he wants all the millennium items and whatever. Ishtar is like around the corner and just overhears him monologuing and is like, "Okay, this evil spirit doesn't know shit." This guy is not important. Whatever, I'll leave. Uh, but the bottom line is what we already know. Merrick is after the Millennium Items and the God Card so he can drain the Pharaoh's power and rule the world. And that's the whole scene. And that's the last we see either of them. Ever. Ever. <laughs> for the rest of the show. <laughs> not important. Uh, no, just, just for this, just for this, uh, this trilogy. Uh, so, okay, Meanwhile, so we cut it's to... time to duel. It's time to duel. Uh, Strings has uh, uh, an archetype, I guess, that I made fun of at first in my notes. I sarcastically wrote, ah, yes, the classic slime archetype that everyone knows and loves. Uh, but I forgot. This is actually like a like a, a, a thing, an archetype in Duel Monsters. This yeah. is a this is a series of cards, and in magic, and in just like fantasy. Slimes. Right. How, Slime deck. How detailed do we want to get on this? Because we are 45 minutes into this recording. I'll just blast through it as quick as I can. So Strings, Please. the important thing, Strings uh, has like a worm drake and a humanoid slime, which we've talked about on the show before. He polymerizes yeah. them into humanoid worm drake. Ugh. And then he plays a magic card. That the rules still apply to polymerization. <laughs> then he uses a magic card, Quick Attack, which lets him send out Pikachu. Uh, no, he it lets him attack <laughs> quickly. Um, right. He attacks Yugi's Gazelle, which is still a dumb name for a monster. Uh, Yugi name. plays a, a card that lets him depolymerize it so it can't do anything. He It's it's the Tuvix episode from Voyager. A card we literally have never seen or heard of before just appears in Yugi's deck. Specifically for undoing polymerization. How uh, fortunate. Anyway, he kills Tuvix. Um, Beta the Magnet Warrior comes out, kills the slime. Gazelle kills the Drake. Uh, and Yugi's like, dude, I'm kicking your ass. Merrick is like, I'm letting you kick my ass on purpose. Um, and then Merrick plays <laughs> the important card. Uh, it's called Revival Jam, which is a monster and not music being played at a Hillsong concert. It is a slime that cannot be attacked because it's a plasma. And so, yeah, I uh, I put in my notes that it looks like X Parasite from uh, Metroid Fusion. Yes, it's just a silvery, almost like a silvery ghost. Yeah, but when you attack it, it just like turns into a bunch of blobs and then reforms. So it's in magic terms. It is a great Instagram following. <laughs> uh, it is indestructible. You attack it and then it just reforms. And so it is resummoned in in the in the words of, of dual monsters. That becomes yes. important. Uh, it is literally just a magic token deck, uh, and he plays also plays Jam Machine, which creates more. I don't know why they're jams. That's I, my okay. name. Okay, I have an answer for this. 
So it's a jam breeding machine is the name of the card. And it sounds like yes. something that my grandma would keep in her garage for like canning projects. Um, but they are, they're called jams solely because they are also like gelatinous beings. Yeah. They're slimes. It's just another way of saying slime. They're jam. <laughs> they're made of jam. They're jellies. They're, they're super jelly. You're made of jam. <laughs> Lauren's over here being sassy. <laughs> So uh, Grandmother's anyway, Preserves so, comes out. Yeah, so, uh, but the jam machine, <laughs> right. the jam breeding machine, ugh, down on the jam ranch. Uh, it creates uh, yeah, more so, so jam. So what it does is every turn it creates a jam token. Yeah. So just like a little creature that comes uh, out that's the jam type. Right. Uh, so Yugi attacks uh, the uh, Revival Jam, but it reforms just like Merrick said it would. And then he plays another card that's very important called Jam Defender, which is when your grandma is like, hey, don't eat that yet. <laughs> uh, no. Jam <laughs> See, I thought Jam Defender was just somebody who really liked prog rock. <laughs> jam Defender makes Revival Jam, which is still a terrible name. Uh, defend all of Merrick's monsters. So bad. Anytime you attack one of Merrick's monsters, uh, Revival Jam will be like, get down, Mr. President, and jump in front of it. So you attack uh, Revival Jam, and it just reforms. <laughs> so you don't actually get the monster. You just keep hitting this right. impenetrable shield over and over. And then he plays something called Nightmare's Steel Cage, uh, which is a cage yes, that Nightmare's falls down. Yes, Nightmare's Nicholas Cage. Nightmare Nicholas Cage is a big steel cage that falls down around Yugi so he cannot attack or be attacked. It's unclear. For for a couple he of turns. He can't attack for two turns. Yeah. yeah. So it's sort and of like uh, Swords of Revealing Light in a way. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the first episode. See, told you I could get through it fast. Nice. I'm proud of you. Uh, there's a, there's a shot in here I just wanted to bring up where Yugi draws a card and he wears, you know how like when Yami takes over, uh, when, when you, sorry, when Yugi is in charge of the body, he is wearing his sleeves like a normal human being. Yeah. Like a school When Yami child. takes over, the jacket becomes a cape. <laughs> yeah. He's doing that anime thing where he's wearing the, the jacket as a cape and it just kind of hangs and magically attaches to his shoulders. And then the and there is a shot like, in this around. scene. <laughs> there is a shot in this scene where he draws a card, and a, an empty sleeve on his jacket sticks straight up like the top of Alfalfa's hair, and it is so off-putting. He's got like a haunted sleeve, and it just waves there for no real reason. It's a Goku uniform. Kill a kill crossover <laughs> confirmed. <laughs> There it is. Okay. Anyway, uh, anyway episode so two. Two. Uh, okay, so part two, the translated Japanese title is Osiris the Heaven Dragon, Ooh. which is so much fucking better than the card's English name. Holy shit. Osiris is r much rather than Slifer. Slifer, no Slifer. Slifer the Sky Dragon is a horrible name for a card, but Osiris the Heaven Dragon is badass that is an ominous uh, name 
the summary of this episode says Merrick summons Slifer the Sky Dragon, and with his invincible combo, the dragon's attack power will increase. Yugi tries everything, but Merrick's strategy seems infallible. Ooh. Uh, episode begin. Uh, meanwhile, back at Kaiba Corp, Kaiba Mission Control just apparently rebooted their entire satellite system uh, because they're still looking yes. for Egyptian god cards. And they're like, we have right. a complete list of everyone in the city and what cards they have, but where's the god cards? We don't know. Uh, so Kaiba then Skypes in. And uh, his oh, uh, why don't you just why don't you just look for the space between the cards where no cards show up, like we did with the uh, with the dueling? Maybe we can. Uh, hmm. Sorry, They're not that smart because Kaiba skypes in and his face takes over the entire screen like a jackass, and then he insults his chief scientist for a bit uh, and decides, "All right, you guys are losers, and you're you have all failed me. I'm just me and Mokuba are just gonna run around the city until we find a god card." <laughs> He literally, he, he does this thing where he's like, hey, uh, si- scientist that I hired, I, uh, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page regarding the mission. You know, the mission, right, that I told you about, where you're going to do that thing that we agreed on, right? I'm just making sure that you know what it is, because you signed a contract saying that you knew what it was, and I sent you an email about it five minutes ago. Did you read your email? And it's like, back the fuck off, dude. Like, this guy has a doctorate, probably. Yeah, everyone in Mission Control does. Um, These are competent people here. But not as competent as the Kaiba brothers just running around the streets willy-nilly until they happen to see a god card being played. And so he hangs up and then... I I guess. He's just been carrying around his entire card collection in this uh, giant metal briefcase that we've seen before. Mm -hmm. He's got a laptop in there now, too. So he closes that... And then it was like, okay, Mokuba, let's go. And then Mokuba picks up this whole thing. How much do you think that thing. suitcase weighs? Hmm? How much do you think that suitcase weighs? It's probably like a, a small bookshelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, it's, it's all like 50, cardboard in there. Yeah. And so he just gets up and walks away, leaving Mokuba to pick up this whole thing that's bigger than he is and carry it around himself. <laughs> because Once fuck again, Mokuba. Mokuba, the uh, most competent person in this world. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Meanwhile, back at the duel, there's more monologuing going on. Hooray. (laughs) uh, Merrick has a great line where he says, Breeding machine, create the third and final slime token. (laughs) 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 And so uh, Uh, now he has three slime tokens out, which he needs in order to sacrifice them so he can summon Slifer the Sky Dragon. And now, even just the potential of summoning an ancient Egyptian god card creates a literal, actual storm over Battle City. The clouds roll in at, like, 100 miles an hour, and there's, there's, like, lightning striking all around them. Yeah, I have so many questions about this. The... The only reason that we see the monsters is because of the hologram system that Kaiba developed, right? Mm-hmm. So is this storm part of that hologram that Kaiba made for a card that he didn't know existed until last week? I think that's just the power of the ancient Egyptian god cards. The real, actual monsters that they represent are mm-hmm. so powerful. It's like knowing the name of God. You have to, like, kind of dodge around it without using its full power. 
because right. if you even just playing the like representation of this monster is enough to like cause minor minor storms. You it's say no cause... way, I say Yahweh. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, so it's real-ass magic. It's real-ass real magic is starting to bleed through to the real world. Uh, we are witnessing the, the dark realm. arts. Yes. All right. uh, and Merrick uh, summons Rayquaza. I mean, Slifer the Sky Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I love this part. Uh, Slifer appears. Uh, have we talked about what Slifer looks like before? God, no, I've tried to avoid it. I hate I hate everything that Slifer is. Oh, really? Slifer like is Slifer. the worst Egyptian god card to me. Slifer looks like a big red worm, you know, like a sky dragon should. But then okay. his face is all weird, and he has two mouths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Uh, In classic Slifer... anime monster fashion, he's got the big giant mouth. And then uh-huh. on top of that, a smaller sub-mouth. Right, an ancillary mouth. Yes. Uh, also, no lips. Just it doesn't teeth. have lips. Well, Just it's a teeth. dragon, so I don't know why it would have dragons, lips. Dragons can have lips. Maybe they need to talk to you. <laughs> Slifer has nothing to say to you, my friend. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, everything about Slifer looks bad to me, is the thing. Slifer looks like... If you tried to get somebody to draw a shiny Gyarados from memory. He does have a very sort of uh, DeviantArt OC look to him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's it, like the darker oh God, and edgier so version of a blue-eyes white dragon. Right. And it's like... It, it, I mean, obviously, like whoever's posting this on their DeviantArt would be very proud, right? But there's definitely a backstory in there that's about, like... I don't know, Gyarados and, and uh, Johnny Two Mouths having a baby. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's a big red dragon and he's got two mouths. That and part's actually important. It comes up later. Yeah, but it's like the main mouth that does like the actual like roaring and stuff usually, and then the, the second mouth is just kind of like burying its teeth the whole time. Right, right, right. It's uh, like, uh, al- Alpha mouth and beta mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that shows up. Uh, and you'd think Kaiba satellites could notice a localized funnel cloud appearing out of nowhere with a dragon inside in the city that they're looking at. I mean, they're only looking at the cards. They're not looking at the weather, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> or you could someone like Kaiba would just be able to like see this happening with his human eyes. I don't know. I don't know. You'd think like a kaiju sized creature appearing in a city would cause more panic. But eh, eh. Uh, so Merrick explains his master plan. Uh, Slifer's power is determined by the number of cards in your hand. So the more cards you draw, the more his power goes up by like a thousand per card. Yeah, this is the one thing that I do like about Slifer is uh, it lists his attack and defense as X-O-O-O-X-O-O-O. So for however many cards you have, it's that many thousand. I'm absolutely cool. astonished the that there's some actual card game mechanics coming into play describing this, like, Egyptian god card. Yeah, I was not expecting it. Yeah. Here uh, we are. And that will also be important later. Uh, and so he plays... That He then plays Pot of Greed, you know, the card from the meme. Tyler, why don't you explain what Pot of Greed does? Pot of Greed... Fuck, you're assuming I paid attention during this. 
uh, part of, part of greed, uh, what does, what does pot of greed do? Does Tyler, it, it's do you pot draw of more, greed. Do you, do, you, do you draw more cards? <laughs> pot of greed allows you to draw two cards from your deck. <laughs> there it every is. Every time you play it. Ooh, so greedy. <laughs> and then you said. just a greedy little bastard. <laughs> and Merrick says, greed is good. Uh, uh, and so Slifer's power goes up more. Right, at which point Yugi's like, but wait a second, in the rules of Duel Monsters, there's a limit to how many cards you can have in your hand. And Merrick goes, yeah, shut the fuck up, I know. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you remember about maximum hand size, right? And Merrick is like, how about you shut up, idiot? <laughs> I'm going to break the rules. Uh, at several points in this duel, Merrick says, rules were meant to be broken, or rules were meant to be manipulated, or fuck your rules. I do what I want. <laughs> Uh, and so I roll with ten gangs. <laughs> Yugi's like, oh shit! And so he places two cards face down and summons Karibo. Uh, Slifer attacks, um, and Yugi's like, you activated my trap card, and I thought for sure he was gonna play some more uh, Karibo bullshit. Um, I hoped so, but nope. But no, he dies. Uh, Yugi knocks one. <laughs> Yugi <co> dies. <laughs> Yugi dies. End of episode. Yami takes over the body. It's just him in there now. Oh god. Uh, Yugi plays a trap card that knocks one card out of Merrick's hand for a turn, and uh, it wasn't important until now, but he had this creature called Buster Blader out. Yes, uh, Buster Blader, who he introduced as I have it in my notes here. When he played Buster Blader, uh, he called it all powerful. That's that's a little uh, over exaggerated there. He introduced, when you're facing he introduced a god. his his all powerful card, Buster Blader, which just happens to have a finite number of attack points. <laughs> that's, Pay no that's attention to that, those. That's not what that card that word means. <laughs> so Buster uh, Blader Ginsburg is coming out. <laughs> Um, but, uh, since he knocked a card out of Merrick's hand, uh, Slifer is currently weaker than Buster Blader. And so he's able to attack Slifer, but yes. Jam Defender is still active. That damn Defender. <laughs> so Buster Blader just attacks the, the Jam, which explodes and reforms, right. uh, and then... Merrick plays a card called Safe Return. This is another very important card because it means every time a creature is summoned, he is, is resummoned. Yes. Every time a creature is resummoned, he can draw three cards. And so this right. allows him to draw three cards every time Jam reforms. And so yep. every time Yugi attacks and hits Jam, he basically gets three new cards and Slifer's power goes up. Yep. And then he plays another card. Uh, doesn't, he, doesn't he play another card here where there's no limit to his hand size? Uh, at some point he does. At some point he does. It might as well be here is the thing. It's he, the no, it's in the next cutaway. It's in the next one? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he's, he's essentially just building up a thing where he's like, and no matter what you do, I'm going to get more cards, and Slifer's going to get more powerful. So, nah. uh, Meanwhile, we cut back. back to Joey in the game. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I summarized this scene fairly succinctly in my notes. You can look and tell me whether or not. 
Yeah, I have a bunch of notes here, but yours is pretty spot on. Uh, in in this scene, Tristan spots a chump, but Joey's too good to take on nobodies. Yep. The power has gone to Joey's head, and he is refusing to just duel any random duelist. He wants to take down actual good duelists, because... You know, I got a, I got a reputation. You got a reputation. Direct quote, I got a reputation to uphold over here. Um, and so... Sure you do. Sure you do, bud. And everyone's just like, dude, just... All you, all that matters is the locator cards. Just duel that guy over there. And some guy's like, ugh... Again, well, ag- again, Taya is in a very different show from Joey. She's the only smart person here. Taya's like, look, the fate of the universe is at stake, like, 50 feet from us. Just duel that child, take his card, and let's get to the finals. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the only person worthy of Joey appears, it's Kaiba. Uh, Kaiba just shows up. As they're they're walking around looking for, uh, you know, steal. things to take, uh, uh-huh. and he insults Joey, saying someone must have screwed up at registration by letting him into the tournament, implying that he's going to fire one of his employees for letting Joey in. I mean, actually, see, here's the thing: is is he's not wrong about it. Joey was not supposed to be in the tournament. He it was, was that not. cultist that hacked the computer that was like, "Oh, actually, I kind of want your uh, your uh, uh, red eyes, black dragon." So, uh, sure, you're in. That's true. Kaiba once is um, going to crack down on his cybersecurity. <laughs> Some somewhere, uh, uh, who's another duelist that we've seen? Uh, uh, somewhere, somewhere, Bones is <laughs> Bones. there with a with a super rare zombie card, not allowed into the tournament because they ran out of dual discs. <laughs> they ran out of space in the bracket. Um, and Joey has a great line. I think I feel a challenge coming on here. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I fucking hate Joey in this episode. Straight I up, earlier. Stinko Man Twenty XD Six. Correct me if I'm wrong, but are you asking for a challenge? <laughs> he feels uh, a so, challenge coming on. So and he so, challenges Kaiba. Joey challenges Kaiba, the guy who controls the entire duel disc system and the entire tournament, to a duel. What and knows every card in his hand. Knows every card in his, He knows every card every duelist in the city has. Right. He, uh, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. <laughs> he knows if you've been bad or good, so give him your blue eyes white dragon. <laughs> Uh, and Joey makes that weird face that I've seen in screenshots before but we haven't seen up until now yeah it's the meme face he makes it Uh, do you want to describe the face he makes real quick but it's kind of like a (laughs) I can tell you the exact face (laughs) are you thinking of jizz in my pants (laughs) no 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 It's such a specific scenario. It's when you, it's when you, shall we say, pass gas, and like, you know that you're the only one that like heard it, and like you know that it was one of those like silent ones, right? Yeah. But suddenly the whole room smells like cheese, and you're trying so hard. The face you make when you crop dust the entire room. Is that what you're saying? This god-awful smirk on Joey's face. It's 
is so truly good. something to behold. <laughs> it's she's like loud <laughs> rip. This is an auto me- audio medium, Tyler, and I can't understand a damn word you're saying. I'm crying. I'm actually crying thinking about this face. <laughs> oh God! If oh, you listen to this podcast, you probably you probably know the face we're talking about. He he let just the stinkiest one rip, and he knows it. He knows it, and he's trying desperately to keep his straight face, but he loves it. He loves the attention. Oh, God. Okay, all right. That's a we're very gonna specific emotion, Tyler. <laughs> I don't... I cannot, exp- I cannot fully explain God, why that is so funny on. to me. I don't want to that talk about this anymore. That is a whole separate podcast. All right. Kyber says... Looks like I'll have to teach you to behave like the dog you are. And it's like, fine, I wasn't going to duel you, but I guess I'll have to, like, show, make an example of you, Joey. Uh, So he he kind of accepts the duel right there. Yeah. I'm going to be serious again. (laughs) He's about to throw down uh, and kick Joey's ass. Uh, when suddenly out of nowhere, there's a huge gust of wind. And I thought it was Slifer, like, causing trouble. But no. Kaiba's personal helicopter flies down directly above them, and the pilot radios Kaiba, telling them that they detected a god card five minutes ago. So hop on, and we'll fly you there. Get to the chopper! Get to the chopper! And the Kaiba, a ladder falls down from the helicopter, and the Kaiba bros jump on the helicopter ladder and fly away, without even, like, climbing into the helicopter. They're just riding, like, one-handed this ladder as they fly above the city i i really wanted there to be like some throw throwaway line there where mokuba is like uh should we like put seatbelts on or no okay <laughs> seatbelts everyone beep beep please let this be a normal tournament with the kaiba with brothers the kaiba bros? no way no way oh <laughs> uh, he does Cruising have a parting line where Mokuba yells that they have a date with an Egyptian god card. Well, there's... That's there's why great... Slifer has two mouths, so he can smooch both of them at once. Aw. Oh, I kind of like that. And so but again, Joey... no lips. Nope. Uh, anyway. Biting. Uh, anyway, they fly away. Joey is, like, hopping up and down in cartoon style with rage as his hated rival flies away. Uh, and it like pans back, and that freaky trench coat guy is still creeping on Joey. Creeper's gonna creep. And so they actually do crawl up into the helicopter, and Kaiba Mission Control is like, You'll never guess who's in this duel with the god card. It's Yugi Moto. <laughs> and Kaiba's like, Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> who who could have possibly guessed <laughs> that Yugi Moto would be the, in this duel with this god card that no one has ever seen before? It's that guy again. <laughs> How is this possible? <laughs> I also I just want to point out that this the music playing inside the helicopter somehow for whatever reason diegetically playing inside the helicopter is the best music we've heard all goddamn season. It's like the smoothest vaporwave album you've ever heard, and we hear it for like two seconds. Oh, I missed it. Yeah, it's like it's like two good good seconds of synthwave. Uh. And I miss it already. Well, back to the duel. Back to the duel. Uh, Sly for the Sky Dragon kills Buster Blader. Uh, Yugi. Oh. Uh, we hardly knew yet. 
Uh, Yugi loses some life. Uh, Merrick pretty much just begs Yugi to surrender and is like, dude, I'm about to kill you. Just surrender so I can send your soul to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> just just give me your fair power. Just just give it. Just give, me, give it. Give, give me, it. Please. Your please. Just give me your powers. Just give me your Come powers. On, man. Come I don't, on. I don't want to have to. Don't draw this out. Just just give me your, your powers and your. I'll send your soul to the Shadow Realm. It won't hurt. Yami, nice. let someone else take a turn with your Pharaoh powers. <laughs> mom said it's my turn on the Pharaoh powers. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more duel, Mom. Uh, but Yugi is like, shut up. You don't believe in the heart of the cards. I do. And so I'm still going to win. Uh, and so he plays Dark Magician Girl. Um, mm-hmm. And surprise, uh, Slifer has a special ability. Uh, whenever a monster comes out, its tiny second mouth opens and uh, can attack instantly whenever uh, a, your opponent's creature comes out. You activated my trap mouth. <laughs> you activated my second mouth. Uh, and Merrick's like, ho, 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 check out this shit. And its second mouth can deal like 2,000 damage at once, mm-hmm. I guess. But yep. that's like a hard number. It's not bound to its regular attack and defense. Um, yeah, it's 2,000 regardless. So the second mouth opens and attacks D- DMG, Dark Magician Girl. Oh, nice. There's, okay. a lot of, there. there's a lot of cards at play here, so I'm just going to mention them briefly. Totes of briefs. <laughs> and so Merrick is like, observe! And Yugi says, why don't you observe? Uh, and They have... A full goddamn conversation while this fireball is going at supposedly the speed of light. Yeah. Uh, And so he plays another magic card. He hides DMG in, guess what? The magical hats. And Merrick is like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You fucking what, mate? (laughs) You what, mate? I'll bash your head and swear on me, (laughs) mum. Uh, so yeah, so, so the magical hats uh, appear, and uh, does one of them just get like blown away right away by the attack? Yeah, no, right? No. Not yet. Okay. It doesn't do anything somehow? How many oh, magical yeah, hats yeah, come yeah. out? Because... So, so it plays four magical hats. Uh, okay. Under which... So it does attack uh, and destroy one of the magical hats. Right. But under that hat is not Dark Magician Girl. It's a trap card. Yep. Yugi also plays two more cards underneath the magical hats, which that's a thing you can do, I guess. I guess. I think he's done that once before. Maybe. Anyway, uh, anyway. Merrick plays a card that gives him no. Here's what you were talking about earlier. Ah, okay. Merrick right, plays a card that gives him no upper hand limit. And so, therefore. Slifer gets infinity power? He gets so into this. He is stoked about this card. He's like, yeah, no hand limit. Infinity And that's not how that works. There's still a number of cards that you have in your hand. Um, so Slifer apparently attra- attacks with infinity power. Right. Um, but he activates the trap cards that Yugi played under the hats which are Spellbinding Circle and Magic Cylinder. So the attack that was directed at Dark Magician Girl uh, under the right hat uh, instead gets sucked into one of the Magic Cylinders, which are these, like... Have we seen these before? I don't remember. 
They're magic cylinders. There's two of them. They take attacks and redirect them is their deal. And so the infinite power attack goes into the magic cylinder, gets uh, redirected right at Slifer, and Yugi is like, oh, ho, check this shit out. Tyler, are you there? Okay, your video froze. All right, so I uh, there is going to be a weird editing break here. I have had to move to a, d a different computer that did not accept my microphone for a time. Uh, it's recording now, presumably. Uh, it's my... been 84 years. <laughs> my PC, my personal PC that I typically use for recording, it's not the best. Uh, I, I got what I paid for. It decided that Windows needed to do some updates, so it looked like everything saved correctly, but in the time that it took me to move to my work laptop that I never use for anything else, uh, get on that, set up a new profile, install Audacity, troubleshoot Audacity, figure out that Audacity wasn't going to work, get GarageBand up and running with the microphone, uh, it is just now turning off my, my my pc sitting here next to me has just now restarted and it's been like 30 minutes who's the bad guy in this episode the bad guy is the computer in this episode for once you're not the bad guy <laughs> no in the episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. oh that's a good question who's the bad guy in this episode jimmy merrick merrick it's the curse of merrick oh uh, he I love uses he ancient power I love how Lauren, like, gets right up close to the mic and whispers. You told me I have to be so close. Yeah, because you talk so quietly. <laughs> I support here... Lauren's new ASMR Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. I... <laughs> you, you activated my mumblecore. Uh, uh, you activated I... my ASMR. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> Sorry, last interruption. Um, I was told by an English person that I don't fit the stereotype of a typical American because I speak so quietly. That's a fact. That that's true. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm sitting over here with my my lips up against the the spit guard here, just shouting at this poor piece of metal. Um, <laughs> to be fair, it deserves it. It deserves it. You know what, Jimmy? Let us start because I don't I don't truly know where the edit point here is going to be. Let's start just at the beginning of part three. All right. Overcoming God, the ultimate infinite loop. The best goddamn episode title there ever was. Yugi suddenly devises a strategy to defeat Slifer despite its overwhelming attack power. Will it work, or will Merrick win and gain the Pharaoh's power? Uh, the first thing that I remember happening in this part of the episode, besides Kaiba roasting Yugi, is that Slifer... Uh, uh, gets like more power at some point. Um, I think it was actually at the end of the last episode. Slifer got up to like nine thousand attack power, and yep. Mokuba does like the mental math, and he goes, "Wow, that's like three blue eyes." And Kaiba doesn't say anything, but he gives Mokuba a look that's just like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> how dare you, Mokuba? First off, how dare you? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Kaiba straight up roasts Yugi like maybe your victory at Duelist Kingdom was a f just a fluke if you're going to be cowering on the ground like this, you animal. And Yugi's like, wow, okay, first of all, how dare you? Uh, Merrick's like, you're next, Kaiba. And Kaiba's like, shut up, the adults are talking. I'm challenging <laughs> this dipshit to a duel. If he can and, scrape and, himself off the ground. 
Kaiba's internal monologue here is wonderful because he's like, oh man, I wonder if Yugi's going to solve the puzzle of Slifer the Sky Dragon. I've already solved it, of course, but I want to see if he can. <laughs> yeah, he uses logic to deduce Slifer's flaw. Uh, he never the- tells us what it is, mind you. He always says like, ah, I'm such a genius. I figured it out. But let's see if Yugi's smart enough. Yeah, he's got a real uh, Edgeworth from Phoenix Wright thing going on. Ooh, like, oh, yes. I'm so smart. I'm not going to tell him, though. I'm going to let you come to that conclusion on your own. Ho, 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 ho. Look at me and my secret <laughs> knowledge. Um, yeah, uh, Slifer's second... Yugi summons Big Shield Gardener, who we've talked about before. Yep. Uh, Slifer's second mouth uh, does its special attack, but it only deals 2,000 damage instead of 9,000. So Gardener survives, barely. Yes. Uh, and so right after Kaiba deduces Slifer's flaw, Yugi figures it out too, because he's a protagonist. And he yells, <laughs> oh, make your monster destroy itself. Uh, I, I know all about how to take down this god card, and Merrick is like, how dare you challenge my wisdom of the ancient ways? I know all. And to be fair to Merrick, he has spent his entire life studying the ancient scriptures, which he keeps going on and on about. Right. And... Uh, Yami literally just woke up with the amnesia in a child's body. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Well, that's what I was saying earlier about how, like, how Yugi's making fun of Merrick for thinking that he can take the Pharaoh's power. But, like, to be fair, if anyone kind of understands what that whole, like, deal is, it's probably Merrick here, it's right? It's probably Merrick. And I want to I give the show credit where credit is due. Like, you read that line very flippantly, and our listeners might think that it's a joke. But no, that's word for word what Merrick says. He says, how dare you challenge my wisdom of the ancient ways. I know all. I have a full master's degrees. I have two master's degrees in ancient Egyptology based solely <laughs> on your life. My family has my guarded father. your shit-ass empty tomb for more time than you ha- can even conceive of. My family has been going guarding your tomb. Give me your ancient power, you piece of shit. Uh, yeah, and, and then... Uh, Mukaba's there, too, and he's like, can someone please explain what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Kaiba continues to ignore Mokubo, yeah. which is really great. Uh, uh, Yugi plays Monster Reborn to bring back uh, Buster Blader. Buster Blader. Because uh, Bustin, Bustin makes him feel good. Bustin makes him feel good. And uh, Merrick sees this. And he's like, okay, idiot, have you gotten my perfect pristine card combo that cannot be defeated? Let me walk you through it one more time. (laughs) You fool. (laughs) (laughs) You've committed one of the most infamous blunders. The most famous, of course, is never get involved in a land war in Asia. (laughs) (laughs) The second is challenging my five-card perfect combo. Uh, He's like, okay, let me take you through this. I'm running a blue deck. (laughs) All right. Since you're an idiot, let me explain these things to you. Uh, since you resummoned Buster Blader, I can draw three more cards. Uh, Slifer's second mouth instantly drains 2,000 points from Buster. That means my next turn, I will attack Buster and defeat you. You won't have right. any life points left after I destroy Buster Blader. Because this brings Slifer up to 12,000 attack yeah, points. Yeah, he keeps getting bigger and more ridiculous. More attack points than God. <laughs> And Yugi is like, uh, actually, you're not getting a next turn. Check this shit out. Uh, so Buster Blade, he sends out Buster Blade to attack Slifer, right? Because the best defense is a good 
etc. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Merrick's like, what the fuck? You can't possibly do any damage whatsoever to Sly for the Sky Dragon. Uh, obviously, Buster is attacked once again by Revival Jam. Um, and Merrick is like, you idiot. Now he's just going to reform. I'll get three more cards. Uh, Revival Jam does, in fact, reform. And, and he gets three more cards, 15,000 attack points. Yep. And Yugi plays his last card. Brain control. <gasps> but but is Slifer the Sky Dragon too powerful to be controlled? Yeah, America's like, fool, you can't control Slifer. And I think that's one of the rules is you can't use magic cards against the Egyptian god cards. Yeah, they or can't be targeted by, by spells, I think. They can't be targeted by spells. It, I, it might just be Slifer, actually. I don't know. But he but says the, it in such a weird way. He's like, Schleifer cannot be controlled except by me, clearly, because I played it as the card. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you can't control Slifer, and Yugi says, I wasn't after Slifer. Uh, Yugi plays Brain Control, dun-dun-dun, on Revival Jam. <gasps> what a twist! What a twist! Revival Jam, the one that keeps coming back and keeps dying over and over and forms an impenetrable shield. And they have Revival this whole Jam, segment. Just, just like that solo that you think is going to end, and then it just finds that riff again, and oh boy, it keeps playing that one hook. Your notes for this this segment are just lol, 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 lol. And yeah, yeah, that's that's the entirety of what I wrote for a full eh, maybe eighth of a page. <laughs> yeah, well, they have this whole back and forth, uh, like yelling at each other for like ten minutes, but. It's clear what Yugi just did. Let's boil it down to its essentials. Here what we he go. did, by playing Revival, uh, Brain Control on Revival Jam, he created uh-huh. a mill deck. Yes. Now, what does Every, that mean? A mill deck in Magic means that you keep cycling through your deck or making other people cycle through their deck to get cards you want or for to create any other uh, effect because there's a lot of things you can be done with milling. But point is, every time Revival Jam reforms, Merrick has to draw three cards, and Slifer has to attack. But every time Slifer attacks now, uh, because Revival Jam just reformed, Revival Slifer attacks Revival Jam and kills it. So Revival Jam reforms, and Merrick draws three cards, and Slifer has to attack. And when right. Slifer attacks... You see where this is going. It's an infinite this loop. This is the duel that never ends. Yes. It just goes on, on and on, on my friends. friends. Some people started playing it not knowing what it was. And now and they can't still stop. don't. <laughs> but it's an infinite loop combo until Merrick draws his entire deck and automatically loses. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, like he pulls a Doctor Strange uh, and just kind of watches. Yeah, there is literally nothing more Yugi or Merrick can do because... Yugi could have pulled up a chair at this point. (laughs) He could have, because at this point, the game is just playing itself. Merrick has no choice but to draw three cards and attack with Slifer because that's what automatically happens. And then Revival Mm. Jam automatically gets destroyed and reforms and it all happens again. Over and over and over and over and over. And when you draw your entire deck in this game, you automatically lose. You have no more cards you can play. I just have a note here. Who would have thought you could disrupt a five-card combo by messing with the one card that happens to give whoever controls it a perfect regenerating shield? 
Who would have thought oh, no. attacking not one of the five cards? Who would have thought oh, this could happen? Not one of my five special cards. <laughs> and so, um, uh, actually, this whole time, uh, friggin' the mind slave. What's his name? Strings. It's strings. really not important. Um, but he is like on full autopilot, just drawing over and over again until he runs out of the deck, and he's like, his fingers are just twitching in the place where the deck goes. He's just right. his, his animation is looping, and um, yeah, and I it is that part of the mind control? Is Merrick just like he's got like a like a like a cron job going? He's like, <laughs> okay, just keep drawing, I guess. I I don't know, but like uh, all around matter. him, uh, he loses the game, and so Slifer is just kind of like falling to pieces around him and like crumbling in the distance, and like there's lightning flashing. And Slifer is like exploding and shit. Uh, it's pretty cool. But Merrick it's like, pretty cool. Fine, you win. See if I care. I have more god cards. I didn't <laughs> want to win anyway. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I'm going this home. is a test. Uh, Mokuba runs over. Uh, Yugi's won the duel. Mo- Mokuba, game warden Mokuba to the rescue. Mokuba runs over to Strings and is like, hey, buddy, um, you lost. So I'll, I'll take that Egyptian god card now. That should go to Yugi. Yeah, I really uh, want this cool wanna, Egyptian god card, but since this wanna, is a tournament, uh, we play by the rules here in this tournament, so hand it is, over. There is such a great moment here, because he gets it from strings, and he's just, like, cupping it in his hands. Yeah, like he's, like, full-on smeagol, like, oh, the power. So close. I am getting... I'm so sorry. I am getting an unknown call on Google Hangouts. Who is what was that? It was a 202 area code. What's 202? I'm a that is so strange. I that has never happened in the 2 years we've been recording this podcast. 202 is Washington um, DC. What the fuck? Special podcast. If you wanted to get a hold of me, there are different. (laughs) I just think it's very unfair that Sly for the Sky Dragon was taken down by this ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just the biggest and most beautiful card. That's so strange. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Anyway. It's the whistleblower. um, I guess. Jesus. Blowing the whistle on corruption in in Kaiba Corp. Anyway, speaking of corruption, this is what I was going to say. Mokuba is, like, cupping Slifer the Sky Dragon in his hands like a, like a baby bird. Uh, and he has this moment of, like, what if I just took this? <laughs> what if I just went full corrupt? But, of course, uh, he's a pure and innocent young child, so he, he has is, to give it to, to Yugi. Unlike so he, in the manga when he tried to, like, murder Yugi with a knife in his murder Yeah, tower. you know. Remember that? Uh so, those were the good times <laughs> uh so he hands it over to yugi kaiba comes down and he goes uh, uh i do want to point out yugi. uh poor strings the mind slave is just like face planted on the ground this whole time right right he has got no strings spent. on me he's got been cut. no strings yep and so kaiba walks down and he's like nice god card yugi wouldn't it be a shame if we dueled for it right now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure, dude. Uh, suddenly, uh-huh. strings just goes whoop, and Merrick is like, "Hey, I'm still here. I can I can see everything going on through my mind slave network. 
Uh, I'm going to get you, Yugi. I'm going to turn your friends into mine slaves, too. Ooh, I'm going to get you, asshole. <laughs> and then Yugi gets real, really mad because if there's one thing you don't do with Yugi is come after his friends. There's a there's a, 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 a an important line here that Merrick says where he's like, I have mind slaves all over the, the city. And you kind of see them, too. You see, like, shots of just random people with, like, the yellow eyes. Yeah. And he asks Yugi, uh, Yugi, which of your friends do you think would make the best mind slave for me? <laughs> and that's 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 what really gets Yugi's goat. But uh, I think I think clearly I think we can all agree that Tristan Tristan would make the best mind slave. Right. Yeah, probably. He's got sharp hands. He's got sharp hands. I feel like it would be more insulting if Joey was the mind slave. I guess. Can you imagine Merrick in uh, a New York accent? My mind slaves are everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I hadn't considered that. Yeah, I think. Okay, I changed my mind. You're right. Give me those powers of the Pharaoh. (laughs) So, so, (laughs) so this, that's what gets Yugi all all riled up and he runs off to go save his friends. Uh, Merrick is doing that whole bit from Return of the Jedi about how his faith in his friends will be it, his undoing, just like that special combo move was um, Slifer's undoing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Just like Slifer was too big to fail, uh, yeah. uh, Yugi's friends will be his uh, one weakness. It doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, so Yugi's running off to save his friends from getting fucking right. like mind washed. Wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. And Kaiba's back, uh, excuse me, get back here and duel me. And Yugi's like, I don't have time for your bullshit Debate right me, now, you Kaiba. coward. <laughs> Debate me. Uh, and so he runs off, and Kaiba goes, running away from a challenge is against tournament rules. <laughs> and then he just like, hmm, and he like but, glares at Yugi running away. But that's literally what Kaiba did like 10 minutes ago after Joey challenged him to a duel. So That's true. You know, who's to say? And then there's a real quick shot. Merrick finally... Merrick's yacht finally pulls up to the docks in Battle City. Merrick hops on a goddamn motorcycle, and he's Merrick, just... Merrick is suddenly in an Old Spice commercial. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> look look to your man. Now back to me. I'm on a motorcycle. Yeah, he takes off his robes, and, like, underneath he's just got, like, a tank top on and, like, cool jeans, and he just hops on this motorcycle to go find Brain Yugi's friends and brainwash them. And and the episode ends. That's the end of the episode. We did it. Jimmy, we did it. And, like, faster than we usually do in episode two, despite well, all our, like, tech problems. Dis- right, despite all the tech problems. We, we overcame the odds, and we have watched three episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! Well, out of the trilogy, what was your favorite like, uh, moment? Probably the third one. Oh, the third part. What, what was, it, what was part. a good, like, uh, uh, like part, though? Like a specific scene oh, or something. Favorite scene. Your favorite. Your favorite. Uh, something. Um, either Slifer coming out for the first time, or Kaiba just being like "fuck this" and like hopping on his helicopter and f- flying <laughs> out of <laughs> out of the center square of the city. And Joey is just like, "Hey, come back, come back here." Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 What I, was your What, what, uh, your, what I, was your favorite part of this whole three? part uh, similar similar level of, of ridiculousness my favorite part was actually how Merrick is uh, a villain that knows how to spend money mm. like this dude is just on a fucking yacht the whole episode right and then the one time he's not on the yacht is the end when he suddenly just has a motorcycle that's like 
revved up, turned on, and waiting for him at the dock, I guess? Yeah, did he have it on the yacht with him, ready to go? He might have, actually. Like, that wouldn't surprise me at all if he had, like, a like a motorcycle ramp on the yacht. Yeah, down the gangway. He's Unless just he leaving... has just, like, a storage unit there at Battle City. But, it, no, it, it, we, like, we don't even see... He's monologuing the whole time. Like, we don't even see him get on the motorcycle. It's just all of a sudden he is on a motorcycle. So you have to assume that there was, like, a, a mind slave or something there just, like, keeping the motor running for, you know, an hour while he docks. <laughs> yeah, because he, he was, like, heading towards uh, Battle City on the, the yacht for, like, a couple of hours at least. Easily. Yeah. Easily, yeah. Just standing there Sailing on the, the high seas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that's that's my favorite, I think, is that we're introducing a villain now who is good at being a villain. Yeah. Living the life of luxury. He wants uh, what was world your... domination. He wants all that yeah. stuff. You know, the simple things in life. <laughs> uh, my... The Pharaoh's power. Yeah. What was your worst? Well, first I want to say my best. Uh, my... Oh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. That, my favorite segment was Slifer coming up, but my best yeah, yeah, yeah. of the whole thing was... Actual combo beating card tactics. Like an yeah. actual good concept for a deck in my Yu-Gi-Oh? <laughs> Yu-Gi-1 strategy? using actual card strategy tactics instead of dumb bullshit? Unheard of. <laughs> Did we just start watching another anime? Yeah, what like, is this shit? Through? I think this is the first time there's been like a quote unquote like boss fight or something. And there's actually been like usable card game strategy involved yeah. instead of like pulling some random new card of the week out of your hat uh or like stabbing the moon or whatever dumb bullshit there's actually right. card strategies involved in this one yeah it was a good combo breaker yeah it really was and it was breaker. it was it was both surprising and it made sense if that yes tracks it once once you sat down and looked at all the cards, you're like, oh yeah, that is totally how that would work. That could be a thing that you actually do in real life, right? In a card game that has rules that stay fixed. A card game that has rules, yeah, <laughs> and are not and are not fluid like this television show seems to think they are. <laughs> They're not fluid like polymerization, right? Uh, how, how about your uh, your your worst? Strings didn't need to exist, did he? No. He, he he was not his own character. He's literally no. just the bit from Arrested Development where George Bluth is on house arrest, and so he hires the surrogate to do everything for him and, like, speak for him, like, through the yep. headset. Yeah. Like, if Strings was his own character, I think it would be much more interesting. Like, if Strings had Slifer the Sky Dragon and had, like, perfected this combo and had, like, his own character with agency. Right. But it's literally just a mask that Merrick is wearing. There's no reason for right. him to be using this mind slave. Right, yeah. Like, it would be cool if he went, like, an Ultron path and, like, oh, once the strings are cut, he becomes this, like, megalomaniacal, you know, uh, yeah. uh, off-the-wall sort of character. But uh, he doesn't. No. He's literally <laughs> just completely burned out. Right. Um, if he was his own character, I think it would be a lot more interesting. Yeah. And... There's no reason that he needed to exist. Right. But that that might have made it a five-parter, in which case what we're yeah. doing right now would be completely unfeasible. <laughs> uh, oh, 
Uh, footnote, uh, second worst. What happened with Bakura? He showed up for like one segment and was gone. For, you know, like, no I, reason. I, I like to think that he's just having a good time at the museum. You know, if I wanted to just have a segment where we watch someone walking through a museum looking at cool artifacts, I would just ask Lauren. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just text Lauren at any time, and, uh, and you'd get the exact same, if, if not more, actually. You'd get a more culturally impactful version of that scene. Oh, the ancient scriptures. Yes, I'm familiar with those. Oh, yes, they're right here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me send you a picture of what I've been working on. Right. What was your worst? Uh, Kaiba in this episode, just the worst. He's like, he wants to be a movie villain in the way that Merrick is, but just can't. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't understand at it. He doesn't, he, he has all the resources. He has the skills and he has the talent, but he doesn't have the savvy to put all those things together. Like he's still, you know, on foot, beating the streets, beating the pavement, you know, looking for, looking for the God card. Yeah, what was the point of his whole, like, registry system if he has no idea where these god cards are? Right, exactly. And and he didn't, in the end, need to go anywhere because it wasn't his, his uh, you know, on-foot investigation that really led to anything. It was the satellite system that he got sick of waiting for. Yeah, it was the guys back at base that he just insulted and then were like... Right. I'm just going to go walk around the city. But then they were like, we act- everything worked as intended. We found this God card, actually. But how, how fucking cool would it have been if he pulled like a, like a, a Gendo Ikari, you know, like, a, like, a, like an Eva uh, villain, Eva villain, uh, villain, eh, eh, antagonist, uh, and just like silently steepled his fingers from the back of the control room for 30 minutes. And then finally, when they find the God card, he goes, ah, oh, yes finally and then he descends from the heavens right like yeah that would have been that would have been much much better right but he has no sense of 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 panache well i think this is one of the first episodes where we get to see that yeah he's still uh like a 14 year old kid is he brilliant yeah but he's also a dumbass in the way that only teenagers are right he's pardon me he is the world's dumbest smart person (laughs) Uh, to to use uh, what show is that from? Is that from The Office? Anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So that's my worst. All right. All right. Hey, we did it. We did Those it. Are the we three got episodes. Three We are going to crank out a couple more segments for you now. It's time for Yugi or Not. Yugi or Not is a segment where I invite my partner Lauren to join us at the microphone. Lauren, please join us. Uh, I have <laughs> placed I an order. I saw, like, the top he- of Lauren's head, like, <laughs> move in the background. Like, oh, you're talking to me? Uh, uh, I, I have placed an order for headphone splitters, but they have not arrived yet. So I'm going to hand the headphones to Lauren while I explain what this game is all about. Yu-Gi or not, we have five Hi, Lauren. Uh, uh, names of things that could be Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Three of them are Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Two of them are fake cards that were suggested to us by listener James O. These are the last two cards, actually, that we got from James O. Uh, so after this, we're going to find <laughs> some other solution, I guess. We're gonna, I'm going to have to start writing these, uh, and I don't know that I can do actually as good of a job. So uh, I know which two are fake, but Jimmy and Lauren, you do not. And in the game, 
is for Lauren to determine which cards are real and which cards are fake. And you get one point per correct guess. Uh, I didn't know we were still doing this since I fucking crushed it last week. Yeah, you kind of broke all expectations last week and got five out of five correct. Uh, we're going to see if we can keep yeah. that up. I think I made it more difficult for you this time. There were a couple There were a couple of gimmies, I think, in the last episode. Uh, but allow me to read off the card names that we have. I have them written here for you in case you want to read them as well. Uh, but I'm going to read off the five cards for our listeners. Here are the five cards. Number one, the creator. Card number two, marine beast. <laughs> Card number three, Emerald Alligator. Card number four, Amber Pterodon. Pterodon? Pterodon? Pterodon. Amber Pterodon. Card number five, Shadow Impulse. Lauren, it is now your job to determine which are real and which are fake. Jimmy, you can help if you like. Shadow Impulse. I don't know why, but it sounds vaguely, I don't know, inappropriate. i've got a shadow impulse (laughs) shadow impulse sounds like the name of a machine in f-zero i'll take your word for it okay (laughs) um well i mean the creator is our lord and savior jesus christ amen amen thank you (laughs) Uh, so that's got to be real. Great. Cool. <laughs> Good. Yes. Jesus Christ is in Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I, I mean, Stranger yeah. things have happened. That's true. I mean, a couple um, episodes ago, we did see the Dark Magician get uh, crucified for our sins. Jimmy says the Dark Magician did get crucified for your sins. So That's true. That did happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. Marine Marine Beast, aren't we watching that show on Amazon Prime right now? No, 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 that's Swamp Thing. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, what kind of beast? Oh, you know, marine. It's like a marine iguana. Yeah. It's also not very specific. Marine Beast could be a lot of things. Um, I feel like... Well, I can't sway you either way, because I don't know these cards either. Right. But Marine Beast sounds dumb enough to be real. Marine Beast is like, I'm just, um, okay. Bear with me. Yachts? Monster Truck Rally. <laughs> the Marine Beast. I, it wasn't that a, a special uh, level in uh, uh, like crash racing. The, the like the crash wasn't there a crash bandicoot wave racer crossover? I don't know. I've never played CTR. CTR. Oh yeah yeah yeah. No, that's crash. That's crash team racing. I know what that is. Fancy. Um. Now I'm picturing a yacht going off a ramp and doing a sweet flip. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing also. And it's called the Marine Beast. Like at water um, parks when they have, um, like, ski-doos doing yeah. sweet flips. Yep. But a full yacht. But a, a whole boat. Amber Pterodon. Is that, like, 
sounds like a character in a children's show, like Amber as a first name. Oh. Hey, kids, I'm Amber Pterodon. Yeah. Come, come with me on this crazy adventure in the land of dinos. Yeah. Why, why can't you hear the Amber Pterodon go to the bathroom? Because the I... pee is silent. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, also, also, if it's Amber... <laughs> Um, that's Uh-oh. a sign of dehydration. They need to. Oh, drink good call. I'm gonna take a sip from my Nalgene right now. Um, is, is, that, is that what an Amber Alert is? No. Okay. Good. Okay, just checking. I think. If I told you there was an Amber Alert in my bathroom, you should call the police <laughs> for a variety of reasons. Yeah, that is true. Jimmy said, but if there's an Amber Alert in his bathroom, we should call the police for more than one reason. <laughs> Any number of reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I think... Now, see, you've got the monster bracket notes just below this, and I just caught um, caught sight of both Worm Drake and Aquamador. Uh-huh. Uh, so I don't know if that's influencing my feelings here, but I think that Amber Pterodon is real because of how ridiculous it is. And then it's just between Emerald Alligator and Shadow Impulse, which is for what I think is real. I don't know. Marine Beast is good. I'm going to go Shadow Impulse and Amber Pterodon are the real cards. Okay. That's what, that's uh, what wait, I'm going to go for. There are three real cards. Oh. Um, there are two fake cards. Oh, shit. I was thinking about this all wrong. It's like I've never played this game before. <laughs> then, I think, then I think Marine Beast is also real. I think it's Marine Beast, Amber Pterodon, and Shadow Impulse. Okay, so you're saying that the Creator and Emerald Alligator are fake cards. Yes. Okay. Are you ready for the results? I'm ready. These are your final answers. Final answer. Okay. Here we go. Starting with card number one, the Creator is a real card. Oh. I'm so sorry. Card number two. Jesus does exist. Jesus, Jesus is real. <laughs> Uh, card number two, Marine Beast. You said this one was. I said it was real. You said this was real. Yeah. Marine Beast is a real card. Oh, okay, all right. I knew it. Card number three, Emerald Alligator, which you said was fake. fake. Correct. Uh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that sounds. Yeah. Emerald Alligator is a fake card. Oh. Uh, card number four, Amber Pterodon. It's too, sorry, um, Emerald Alligator is too realistically descriptive to be That's real. fair, that's fair. Uh, Amber Pterodon, you said, was... Said real, because it's ridiculous. Amber Pterodon is a fake card. Uh, which means I got the last one. Shadow Impulse is a real card. Which I said it was also real. Right. So, so you got three, three points out of five, which is actually pretty good. All over the board. All right. You, I did terribly the first week and really well last week, and now. But now you're just kind of in the middle. Eh, just kind of in the middle. Right. Passing. Passing. It's acceptable. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for playing. Lauren, next week we will have a new batch of real and or fake cards in Yu-Gi-Oh! Not. 
And also maybe a headphone splitter. And maybe a headphone splitter that might make my job easier. You never know. That'd be nice. Lauren, before you go. Yeah. I just Googled Marine Beast. Nothing can prepare you for what this card actually looks like. Are you ready? Oh, I'll I send it in the chat. It. I want to see it. This is what a Marine Beast looks like. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. Oh, this is uh, the Sonic trailer, pre-edit. Is that bread? <laughs> bread is its tail. Looks like bread. Looks like a loaf of bread. Look at that. Yep. It's now, half- okay, so wh- Marine Beast is a fusion. It's a fish-slash-fusion card that is com- the combination of two cards that if I had told them to you, you would have said that these are fake cards. I probably would have. Water Magician and Behagon. Yeah, that would have been good for you to save for a future game. Yeah, no. But see, the nonsense words, I I always think are real cards. Like, what's that? Behagen? Behagen. You know, in the morning you make Behagen and eggs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Get uh, your Beheg on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, see, I would have said that's a real card because it's not a word in English. So... Um, I bet you Michael Jackson liked that card a lot. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, that's not nice to look at, that card. No. Do all of the cards exist at some point in the show? No. Oh. And vice and vice versa. Ooh. There are some cards that exist only in the show. Oh well, I figured that. I also just looked up the creator, Christ the Lord. Here I'll <laughs> put him in the chat. Who cannot be special summoned from the graveyard? Sorry, he's oh. perma dead. Wow. It's um, looks like Optimus Prime. Does kind of yeah, like a, like a bright red Optimus Prime, like a wings. like a Soviet Optimus Prime. Yeah, with <laughs> wings. So it's not, aren't those wings? Yeah, they look like it. Hmm, a Soviet Optimus Prime. Comrade Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Optimus Comrade. Com Optimus. Well, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. <laughs> wow. Oh, do I get the headphones back now? Sure, if you want them. I, I might I I might want to hear Jimmy at some point. Oh. No, I'll just say rude things to Tyler while he can't hear me. Pissant. What? Nothing. Oh boy. <laughs> Alright, well I'm I'm back now in the in, right. in the land of the hearing. Uh let's move on to our next segment, which boy, we gotta fly through, my dude. Uh, it's time for the monster bracket. Jimmy, as you know, every episode of the show that we review, we put two monsters from season two against each other in a fight to the finish. Uh, this week, because we did three episodes, we are actually going to do three of these face-offs. And I, I don't want any preamble. I don't want any, like, debate. We're just going to go from the hip, from the gut, which one wins. Our first duel, Jimmy, is Flying Fish versus worm drake all right i clicked on both of these cards yep uh come on (laughs) 
Worm Drake, right? It's Worm Drake, yeah. It's Worm Drake. It's you it's even a wor- describe it. It's, Wait, really it's gross. It's super gross. It's a it's a, a one armed one armed flying purple people eater. It's um. It's a scaly mechanical uh, uh, snake monster. Yep, and then in its horrible mouth, there is an eyeball sticking out on like a tongue. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't like that part. Did you ever get those like Happy Meal toys that were like robots with like weird biological parts in them? That sounds familiar. Because I had one that was like a little spaceship with like a hatch on the front, and you would push a button, and the hatch would open up, and there was a ma- it was a mouth with an eyeball inside. Oh Jesus Christ! That sounds horrible. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck those things deal was. Anyway, Worm Drake is a clear winner against a fish. <laughs> yeah. Worm Drake is is actually just rapper Drake with his uh, human suit unzipped. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right, moving on uh, to our next matchup: Aquamador versus Dark Gremlin. This one's a little bit tougher for me because I really like oh. the look of Aquamador, but Dark Gremlin is swole. This card is named Desferal Imp in the Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game. Oh, according to the go. notes here. Uh yeah, I like kind of like Aquamador's look. It's like, like a, a court of owls mask. Yeah, kind of like a like a shy guy or something. Yeah, yeah, shy like guy a, crossed with like a queen of the fae. Right, right, crossed with like a punk rocker, just because of the hair. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Dark Gremlin is pretty cool. What do you think? Um, let me see. Uh, let's let's pull up the card text on these. Okay, this this one might take a a, a second here. Um, load in, load in, load in. Uh, I don't actually see any additional details for Dark Gremlin other than the note that you listed. So that's that. Das Feral Imp. <laughs> oh yeah, Das Feral Imp. Uh, the the text on Aquamador says a wizard of the waters that conjures a liquid wall to crush any enemies that oppose him. That's pretty cool. No neat. Uh, I did look look up Des Feral Imp instead of Dark Gremlin because that's a stupid name. Yeah. Uh, it does have card text that says flip, target one card in your graveyard and shuffle that target into the, your deck. Uh, is that more exciting than creating a wall of water to crush your enemies? Eh, not really. Not really. You'll get- a card back eventually. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning Aquamador. You know what? Sure, I don't particularly care about Dark Gremlin, but it does look like the Gremlin from the movie Gremlins a little bit. Uh, if a little it got bit. swole. If it got swole, time at the gym. Uh, all right, moving on to our third and final matchup. This one's actually the one that I that I kind of care about because this is our first uh, 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 match between two previous winners. We are now back around to the start of the bracket, uh, and we are going to go with Cockroach Knight versus Sonic Maid. Sonic Maid, again, is the one, the red-haired woman, and she's got a huge scythe shaped like a music note. Uh, that's Super correct. Uh, Cockroach Knight is uh, a cockroach wearing what looks like some kind of combat gear, uh, mm-hmm. but he's got a sword and, my favorite part, a shield that's like... <laughs> the it's crossing out a can of mace or something. Yeah, it's like, it's like an anti-pesticide ad for a shield. Yeah, and then I can't help but notice down at the bottom of the shield it just says no. <laughs> oh my god, it does! I never noticed that before. 
It's very silly. It's very silly. Uh, uh, also four hands. Also four hands, wearing like cartoon gloves. Yeah. Where are you leaning on this one? I, I'm gonna give this one uh, initially to Sonic Made because that cool scythe is pretty cool. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Like the cool scythe really kicks it. Uh, uh, she's got a great look, like very stylish, like a like a pink dress, metal armbands, a metal uh, uh, not a tiara, but a headband. Yeah, she um, looks kind of like Meg from Hercules. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the card text on, on Sound Made or Sonic Made rather says a maiden that uses sound to her advantage. She wields a scythe that's shaped like a musical note. Cockroach Does what it says on the tin. Cockroach Knight's just like uh, when this card has been sent to the graveyard, it's returned to the top of the deck. Oh yeah, we saw Weevil oh, yeah. play it. I think that right there <laughs> should give it to Sonic Made because uh, any card that Weevil plays is not a card we want in our bracket. <laughs> Yes, Cockroach Knight looks like he would be uh, like a low-tier enemy in like a knockoff Mario game. Like in another universe yeah, where yeah. there was some other mascot that won the, 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 the like main character of Nintendo. Like this is the guys he would be stomping on. Right. If Beta the Magnet Warrior were the, the Mario of, Aww, of today. I love this idea now. Uh, yeah, but uh, Cockroach Knight would definitely be like the Goomba of that I don't know if he'd be a Goomba. I feel like he's too armored. Yeah, he'd be like a Hammer Brother or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So Sonic Made? Sonic Made. Sonic Made! Sorry, Congratulations, Sonic Made. All right. Wonderful. So, uh, that is going to bring us to, uh, that's, that's the end, actually. That's the last segment I had. Um, because of my computer malfunction, Jimmy, I can no longer see what the name of the next episode is. Do you know what the, no. what are we doing next? After what's, what's, uh, control, what's, what's happening? I feel here? like it's the one with, um, Mako Tsunami. Oh yes. Uh, I think you're right. It's like master fisherman or something. Yeah. Man of me... the seas, master and commander, far side of the earth. <laughs> it's that movie, but with dueling. Blah, Again, blah, 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 another another property two. that would be improved by dueling. Legendary Fisherman Part Two, Part One. Awesome, Legendary Fisherman Part One. Uh, how many parts are there? Do we want to do all the parts again? Uh, it's a two-parter. It's a two-parter. Let's do. We could do a two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next time we're going to be doing Legendary three. Fisherman Parts One and Two. That's episodes nineteen and twenty, if I'm not mistaken, of uh, of season two. Ooh, the just reading the description is much more interesting than I was initially led to believe. Hell yeah, awesome! I I love Mako Tsunami. I'm I'm excited for this one. All right, all right. Uh, as ever, we make this show for free, so please go donate your money uh, to places that can use it, like Trans Lifeline, Yellowhammer Fund, Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. All the stuff I said at the top of the show. Uh, if you want to follow us, if you want to complain at us about how long our episodes are, you can go to Twitter or Instagram at Yampod. That's Y A M P O D. You can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail Email us your card names if you have like names that sound like Yu Gi Oh cards but aren't. I have some ideas, some stuff I'm gonna be working on this week, but uh, I would love to hear from you. Uh, Jimmy, your podcast is coming back eventually. D A H podcast at uh, Twitter. Um, some point. At some point. I don't know when. Eventually, uh, go listen to it if you haven't. It's a good uh, actual play podcast where they use cards against humanity cards to come up with ideas for Dungeons and Dragons. 
Yep. Uh, am I missing anything? I think that's I think it. That's visit, it. Our, visit our website, heartofthe.cards. It's where all this stuff is. Is that it? I think we're I done. I think that's it. I think we're done. All Until right. next time. Breeding machine, create the third and final slime token.